you realize that like pretty much every Steven Seagal movie was a vanity project and he didn't direct <laughs> any of them except for Fire Down Below. Which was definitely his best work. I will say this about him in that movie. There is a myriad of jackets that he wears that are like, you're like, wow, I got a leather jacket on. Wow, now it's a brown leather jacket with tassels. Yeah, with fucking uh, wow, tassels. Wow, like, like now he's playing guitar and he's got a totally different jacket on. Like the scene, like the, like the scene almost cuts to like him again and he's wearing a different jacket each time. Like, I just really think it's important that I have a leather jacket. The jacket wardrobe. <laughs> so, yeah, his, so his, out of control. Yeah. So the, yeah we were, that we were part of the budget. We were shooting uh, Fire Down Below and we spent $50,000 on five leather jackets. And stunt oh, then, doubles for the leather jackets. Yeah, and then, and then apparently at the time, Steve, the movie itself was kind of like an environmentalism, like, hey, oil companies are bad and they're destroying Alaska and the native lands, so I blew up everything. Yeah, and so, like, you're so like, I destroyed them. So like, now nobody has jobs, and then you burn down, like, you know, not half the state. It's a pretty big place, but you get the idea. Um, it's just, it's one of those things, like, after, at the end of the movie there's a bit where he's actually giving a speech to like, I guess the UN or something, although they're all in like folding chairs in a small conference room. <laughs> it's an AA meeting that they just yes. crashed. <laughs> and we're like, listen, if you stick around for 45 minutes while we film this, we'll give you some more free coffee. <laughs> free, free, free cigarettes. If you guys just stick yeah. around and stay quiet. So, uh, so he gives like a speech about the environment and it actually, when you really, if you like break it down and you listen to like what he says, you're like, that's actually pretty profound. It lasts like all of 30 seconds and it's right at the end of it's right as the credits are starting to roll. And it's like, Oh yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, the environment, the EPA, their hands were tied as much as they were, the fines, blah, blah, blah. And then come to find out that speech is actually like over 13 minutes long. And the producers had to cut him off. Like they, he like gave his whole speech and he's like, we're just going to leave that in there for the credits. And they're like, no, no, <laughs> no, we're, we're we not. Steven. not. We're not. Yeah, this will be the they, last time that you're played on anything that isn't direct to DVD, even after DVD <laughs> is no longer a viable technology. So, so what makes this even better is because this is like another one of Seagal's vanity projects. And because he was the director on it, theoretically there's a director's cut of this movie oh my god it's five hours long <laughs> and it's mostly him just doing rhythm and blues guitar music and Probably. oh my god and running and, and running and ru you know that run that he has with his right arm Terrible. where the right arm makes circles <laughs> he doesn't like run with his like arms swinging back and forth he no, always he runs with like his arms making circles that, in the air that, in front of right, him like he's right a helicopter <laughs> Yeah, his right wrist is like limp when he runs. It's weird. And his elbow it's stays so in place. Funny, yeah. So he locks his elbow against his body, and then that arm just kind of flails. His right arm just flails, and his left arm moves mostly normal. You know how to run, right? Yeah, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must have been like the discussion. Yeah. Hey, Steve, we're going to wind that one back up. I know this is your first movie, but uh, we're going to – you know how to run, right? Like this is like your first before, right? Yeah, I've, I've been running since I was trained in Japan by <laughs> Master Yoshitoshi. No, I was like, I've been running since I was I've been training and running since for like 20 years. I've been I running like, since I grew this ponytail running. behind my head. <laughs> So yeah, thousands and thousands of yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like probably the best line right there for the first few years ago. You've run before, Stephen. You've 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 cooked like Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I've I've been cooking like Gordon Ramsay for 20, 20,000 20, hours. Oh God, everything about Ramsey. everything like dogs, everything. Ramsey. He's so guy okay, that that man. Anyway, so 
Imagine, yeah, just now I'm thinking about like what a vanity project for Steven Seagal would truly look like, and it's pretty much fire down below, but it's, uh, there's, there's just like, the movie is so nonsensical. I'm an oil engineer who's also a special forces, former CIA, trained to use every kind of explosive and gun in existence. I ride horses. Could you imagine? Also, play guitar. Yeah, could You're you? Like, okay, I'm not, wait, what? Michael Scott's just, movie. <laughs> God. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, like you're in a relationship with Steven Seagal, and 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 no. you're you're the woman, and and you're like Steven, I want to role play tonight, and he's like, okay, but I'm gonna be special forces. I ride a horse, and I have to do a, I have to do a guitar solo, and also I'm really good at the harmonica. Yeah, actually, Steve, I was just thinking maybe you could pretend to be a black guy. <laughs> I can do that. What's up, Cuz? You want some getting down? Oh my God, he does that. <laughs> he does that. Yeah. Welcome to the Save vs. Poison podcast, the podcast dedicated to gaming, general geekery, and enduring sobriety in an ever-maddening society, with your host Will, and two guys that probably live under his stairs. If you're an addict, know an addict, or are just interested in exploring the outer mysteries of geekery, you're in the right place. Without further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's season four. Episode 15, I'm sleepy. I'm sleepy. I had a late night last night. We're going to talk about that a little ways into the show. But yeah, season four, episode 15. It's going to be a good one. We're going to talk about some sobriety stuff. We're going to talk about some gaming stuff. We're just going to have a gaming ramble, I think, tonight. Uh, just a just a fun, free-form ramble where we'll all, well, actually, each other based on on gaming shit so that's that's gonna be good that's gonna be good uh joining me tonight uh during high school he was voted most likely to end up as a furry this was confirmed this past weekend when he was spotted in a friend's basement wearing cat paw mittens and a chewbacca suit he's our friend steve and we do have video footage hey steve say, that's a true story it's a fucking true story it's not even like you're not even making shit up. No. I was indeed in a Chewbacca onesie with furry Kappa. And it was glorious. It was so good. I mean, it was better than the slightly, vaguely, politically incorrect moment that we had. I, like, is it slightly politically incorrect if you're... Like, are we allowed to make fun of our own it cultures? Really, it felt weird when I watched it back. Oh, it felt weird <laughs> watching it. And, like, can I laugh at this as a white guy? I don't know if I can. Like, you're 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 Hispanic. You get to laugh at... Uh, at yeah. depictions of, uh, of of Hispanic people knowingly being goofy, but definitely the furry thing happened. Yeah, the the furry <laughs> thing definitely. Of course, like now I'm gonna get like reports from, hey, listen, all right, you can't culturally appropriate furries. All right, if you're a furry, <laughs> then you can make fun of furries. But if you're not a furry, maybe I'll just show them my pelt. You know, the the hair on my back. Maybe maybe that'll yeah, be that'll enough. work. Maybe that'll be enough. Also joining us tonight, after the recent revelation that he had a hot dog-based fetish, he was invited to a local fair and hot dog eating contest. He declined the invitation, saying he shouldn't be in that kind of situation around families. He's our friend, Tiki. Yeah, and you know that they have this new thing right now where they take, like, a hot dog and they put, a like, a straw through it, and then you just have, like, a hot dog straw, like, it's got a hole, <laughs> and then it's a straw, but it's a hot dog. Saw a guy do that with a beer. I saw a woman do that in a movie once. <laughs> sounds, it sounds awful. No, no, yeah. I don't know. I didn't actually see the insertion of the straw, but the guy that it was attached to certainly seemed happy. Get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
It was a wiener. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, explaining your jokes is always better. It's always better. It works for me. My wife right now is laughing. I can hear it now. Baby, you laughing? Good. Good. I'm glad in the future okay, that you're laughing. Good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like if that's the metric we're using right now. I'm gonna be like, yeah, well, uh, like my girlfriend's talking about how giant my penis is. Hey, sweetie, how big is my penis? Huge, right? Yeah, really big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're just, we're just gonna basically make it's a up really shit. Really huge penis. Yeah. There's a whole. I have, I have like survey data of people who will talk about this. Like, you passing that? How big your penis is? Yeah. <laughs> excuse excuse yeah. me. We need you to register to vote. Also, how big is my penis? <laughs> yeah. uh sir this is this is a king super parking lot and those are girl scouts over there i think that you should move along i just get the image of him like the people who stand outside the door hey do you got a second yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah like it's him yeah. and he's there and it's winter so like the santa for uh um, no, the never, salvation army is out there with that fucking Dude, bell and come on Let's be real. You don't do that kind of shit in winter because the cold air is going to make it smaller. So you do it in summer and spring. I don't know if 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 in shriveled format it's still pretty big. Then I think you can you can write home to mama about that some bitch right there. Yeah. All right. That's that's how that goes. Hey fellas, how's it going? Steve, you first. Steve, me first. Uh... <laughs> yes. Repeat back to me what I just <laughs> told you. That's effective listening. I like that is, it. That's yeah. It bought us time. Be an um, effective listener. <laughs> things are good, man. I can't complain. Uh, I am about to celebrate 10 years of wonderful wedded bliss. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. You guys doing anything fun for it? Money's a bit tight, so just kind of mostly low-key. Uh, just I'm butt going stuff? To make okay. Just some butt stuff. I'm going <laughs> to make some linguine with clams. Mm. Um. So no butt possibly stuff. A, possibly a pear crisp. Ooh. There's been a lot of debate of Ooh, crisp versus cobbler. Good. The crisp yeah. is that's just that's just like with like oats on top and shit. I feel like yeah, right? Like implicit oats. Yeah, yeah. I think oats are impri- implicit in a, any any kind of a baked crisp dish. Yeah, uh, I would so, eat that. I would eat that over the cobbler. Um. Yeah, I think so. I I really love oats these days. Really loving them. I have overnight oats almost every morning for breakfast. They're delicious. They are good. And they're good for you. They're a healthy carb. Mm, for those of you carbs. watching your your shits <laughs> and whatnot. Tiki, how the hell are you? Um, <clears throat> I'm okay. Yeah, I'm just kind of uh, blah lately, but okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Job search is still being a pain in the balls, huh? It's, yeah, like, like so, like, Friday I got, like, Friday, like, so Thursday I had an interview. It was, like, a really technical interview. Went through it all, talked to the guy, got along really well, and, mm-hmm. and answered all the technical questions he had. And then the next day I was, like, basically rejected. And I was like, what? The Why next the hell did... day? Jesus. Yeah. I was like, what happened? Like, like. Is there any feedback? Is there any kind of explanation? Because this, like, really, because it really came out of left field. Um, so anyway, that that happened. That kind of brought me down a little bit for the weekend. Um, aye, aye, aye. Some other things that went on too that were just problematic. Um, but you know, getting through the weekend and being able to do something about the problem, you know, and just search and continue to apply. Yeah. 
Um, one of the other jobs I did talk to, though, I mean, uh, so I think I talked to them Tuesday or Wednesday, and, and uh, they basically, like, you know, they were, like, super pumped on me, and, and everything's cool there, but it could take two weeks for them to get back to me. And I'm like, fuck, man, <laughs> I don't have two weeks. I mean, I do, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I can wait, but I don't want to wait. Yeah. And uh, the HR guy who's kind of in charge of the whole processing, he's on vacation until the 3rd, so I was like, Ugh. <laughs> screw that guy too um man you can't, even stalk, you can't even stalk that guy oh that's no he's on yeah he's on vacation it's on fucking vacation also he's in hr so he understands what stalking is um so he would say, recognize it right away on vacation might be the way to go yeah it might be like you show up at his place and you're like listen you need cybersecurity help <laughs> <laughs> I'm your man, no, obviously. Yeah, I, I just, clearly found you. Yeah, I, buying you a plane ticket, flying down to Orlando. I love Disney World. Like, <laughs> yeah. look, I made a droid. <laughs> yeah, also made a lightsaber. It's really strong. It's a really strong lightsaber. You wouldn't want to get. You wouldn't want to get hit by this lightsaber. It's, been, it's really I, powerful. I've been working with lightsabers for like 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> Now I have to use a Seagal joke in the first, yeah. in, the, in the fucking pre-run. I was yep. gonna anyways, because it made me laugh so much, but uh, the fucking Seagal jokes, god yeah. damn. Yeah, so they, it's like they write themselves. They really kind of I would do. like to point out, though, that your Seagal impression has started to border on Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's weird. true. I think that there might be a little crossover there. Like, I don't, I don't believe that there is. I've been working uh, yeah, with little boys for that. like 27 years. That's, that is... But uh, were he still alive, I'd like to see a remake of a Steven Seagal movie with Michael with Jackson. With Michael Jackson? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would just like to see Steven Seagal dance the way that Michael Jackson danced. I was on a ship. Like he, Steven he, Seagal in his on his like in his like current pear shaped body. <laughs> so that's kinda that's a Doing dick move thriller. to pears, man. That's not nice to pears. I'm just shape so everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's like Doing the uh the the lean. It's like more of a the gourd. Michael Jackson lean. Yeah, yeah. The, Michael Jackson lean. Well, you could probably do it considering he does the Steven Seagal waddle. Well, he he does he does the lean, but his tummy is big enough that it hits the wall before he falls all yes. the way over. <laughs> he's he is not in good shape. Uh, dear Steven, this is this is me responding to your cry for help. <laughs> it, make some changes, buddy. Make some changes. That, that's, I don't want to sound like yeah, and you don't, you don't want to you don't want to sound. It's like like look, dude. We know that you disrespected Van Damme back in the day, and that you were a real jerk to him. But which is not cool, by the way. All right, the Van Belgian Damme, helicopter rules. Van Damme still looks pretty good. He's yeah. still in incredible shape. Yeah, he is. He can still do the splits. So yeah, maybe yeah. the next time Seagal makes a movie where he sits down to fight. We don't all have to make jokes about how lazy he is. Maybe, maybe Van Damme is, is just beyond it. Maybe he's just like, you know what? Um, I'm I'm living my best life. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't think that's. I think Belgian he's, helicopter. He's pretty angry. Belgian helicopter. Belgian helicopter. Though, very true. Very true. Right there. Boom. So, uh, so back to back to me. Um, back to I also, Chiki. yeah, back to me. I also found out that uh, Honda is going to be uh, resurrecting the CB750 as the Honda Hornet. Oh. And I found some specs and some pictures online, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get a job so I can afford to buy. <laughs> oh, very cool, <laughs> man. So it's it looks really it looks like it's going to be a really cool, like, uh, reimagining of it. It's going to be more of a sports bike, but it's going to have the four in-line cylinders up front. It's got a wicked, weird-looking exhaust. Is it, um, it going to be more standard? Because the CB line is a pretty standard. It's a, it's, a, it's a... You mean upright? Like, yeah, yeah. An up, sorry, no, Japanese no, no, standard no, bike, yeah. 
It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a Ford lean like a sports bike from what I can tell. Honda CB seven fifty. I want to see this warlock. 2020, 2023. This warlock. I want to see it because it doesn't. It's, it's only been released so far. Not really even released. They basically like had it specked out in Sweden or something like that. So the article I was reading talked about the the T thing or the front and back sporks. You know, kind of uh, or the front and back. Uh, well, it's got the wide set handlebars like a standard. Yeah, but the 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 position of the of the foot pegs made me yeah. think that it was more of a lean forward. It might be, yeah, yeah, because like the CB, I know they've got the CB five hundred and three fifty, and both of those are uh, standard with the the more sporty foot peg placement. So yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if this wasn't going to be the same. So thing. it's but so yeah, it's that, yeah. and it's got a it's going to have ninety horsepower, which is pretty good for a four hundred pound bike. That's really good for a four hundred pound bike. That's like that's double what my bike has, and it's a four hundred pound bike. Jeez, really? I didn't realize your bike yeah. was that. So. Yeah, it's it's a single cylinder six fifty. It's it's got forty five horsepower. It's it's not a it's not a big big bike. Mine's wow. Mine's got my 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 Magna from nineteen ninety seven. It's got eighty four horsepower. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid yeah. fast. Well, I don't it's need that. You know, it does. It does. I it do does want, I I do need that speed. <laughs> I'm like Maverick, and somebody else can be Goose. Have the need. Yeah. See, here's the, the thing, though. Speed. High fives. Here, oh, see, Tiki, when you're riding your bike and you're doing like 70 miles an hour or like 80 miles or whatever it is, you need to have like an actual like jet to make that that fist pump thing work. On my little like 250 or my little 650. I can be going by, and there can just be like a single engine, you know, prop plane, and I'll do that, and they'll be like, "Yeah, you too, bro." Yeah. So same, so same energy, same energy. Your same energy is a Cessna. Mine yeah, is yeah, a 100%. fighter jet. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So my opportunities to do the epic fist pump while I'm riding are like all the time. I gotta just do that. I can just do it. Whereas you have to be like, "Where's an F twenty two when you need it?" Oh. No. You know, I, I do live right near Buckley, so. Show up. They, they do fighter jet <laughs> training out of there. No, explain the joke. Been, been <laughs> <flying fighter. laughs> been, I've, been, I've been flying fighter jets for like 50 years. I've been years. working with fighter jets for like 25 years. <laughs> I have thousands, if not millions of hours on fighter jets. How can we go from thousands to millions? <laughs> like, like, not thousands to tens of thousands, to hundreds of thousands. No, 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 no. I've got 9,999 to 1 million <laughs> yeah, hours with fighter jets. Somewhere in there. Oh, God, he's so... He's, he's special, so special. Oh. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of where, where I'm at. You know, motorcycle stuff and uh, job stuff, basically. Gotcha. Well, the motorcycle stuff sounds exciting. The job stuff sounds daunting and frustrating. Um, it's both of those things, yeah. yes. Yeah, that... that... Oy. I've, I'd... Heart goes out to you, man. Sincerely. Yeah. Thanks. It really does. Um, <clears throat> I, uh... I had so last night I had a um you know we have a small community on Twitch and I'm really really happy with that small community it's getting more and more tight knit which is good um we've done a few things to make things a little bit more official like the Discord server now has like uh paid for bots and a dedicated moderation team that's very small but it's you know it's coming along and one of the one of the people in the server who is struggling with alcohol and other addictions. So not just alcohol, but like a, a full-on rich tapestry of other things going on. 
<clears throat> reached out yesterday and said that he was that that he was really really struggling and um we got into a call with him last night and spent you know spent about 45 minutes just talking him off a ledge kind of you know a, a relapse style ledge uh not a, a metaphorical ledge not a real one um and then ended up playing uh destiny 2 with him to try to distract him you know ask say hey do you want to play you want to play some game? Do you want to do you want to get some gaming in right now instead of like going back to whatever it was that that was making it so that you were focusing on on wanting to use? And we ended up staying up till way later than I normally would. Not not in a I wasn't resentful about this. This was important. This was some like, you know, being there for people that are reaching out to you is so incredibly important. So I was not, uh, I was not frustrated or irritated or anything like that. I was happy to be there. This is one of those moments where you know the the service aspects of helping other addicts is really really important because you want that help to be there for you if you ever need it, right? But I ended up staying up really really late and um, enjoyed the time, but uh didn't get very very good sleep and then having to be up early this morning uh with the kids and stuff and then um so yeah just just long kind of tired day but um this is one of those moments where the tools that we put in place is is working it's working it's doing what it's designed to do right the fail safes are working as designed we don't get you know frustrated or antsy when things go wrong we get frustrated, Nancy, when the when the fail safes fail to save. And last night, seemingly everything uh, that that we did helped bring this guy back from from uh, from the ledge. So um, pleased about that. But yeah, yeah, kind of little low energy today, a little tired. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Speaking of places where I'm at, my name is Will. I'm an alcoholic. My name's Tiki, and I'm an alcoholic. My name's Steve. I'm not an alcoholic, but I've been really pondering why most depictions of ghosts have them wearing clothes. <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. Because you don't wear, like, the same thing all the time, so why is it just, like, one, like, why is there specific clothes? That doesn't make any sense. These yeah. clothes are not part of you. If If you're a soul... If if like a ghost is a soul, why would you ever have underwear on? Like I would never yeah, want to wear wouldn't underwear. Wouldn't it just be you? Wouldn't it just be like <clears throat> yeah. naked ghosts? Yeah. Shouldn't all ghosts be naked? Every ghost should be naked. This is kind of bothering me. I get it. I now <laughs> now every time I see like a ghost or haunting story, I'm going to be like should be naked. Bullshit. Should be this naked. This is bullshit. This is completely inaccurate and I will not stand for I, so I, I I'm think writing the, a letter. <laughs> I think the I think, worded, please. I think the ghosts in like the night shirts are actually that way for an abstract image. So maybe you'll get like the head, some arms, but you won't get like an actual torso out of like say a vision of it or, or a sighting of it. But you're right. When somebody's like standing there, you're like, you're like, I get it. You're like a 1920s banker yeah. ghost, right? Why do you have a briefcase? Like, yeah, yeah. Why are you still saddled with that? Why do you have fucking props? Right. <laughs> are like, you carrot? I, like does Carrot Top in the afterlife have his yeah. entire trunk? Now, now, now it's understandable with Morley and Scrooge, and Morley was like basically shackled by the chains, which are technically metaphors, but whatever. He's shackled by the weight 
of the of his deeds and dragging yeah, those chains why, around. Why did he have the regular clothes? I get the shackles a little bit. I thought he was wearing like a nightshirt. I think it depends why on does which, he have a which yeah, Why does he have a nightshirt on? Oh, we, I just talked about that. An abstraction. Yeah, I know. But yeah. it's not an, like I could see it if it was like a wraith like kind of where it's not an actual nightshirt. Like it's got hem. It's hemmed. It's fucking hemmed. Well, well, he has you know a what? poofball hat now, on. Now, now that we're talking about that, let's just go and get right into like, why is it when you play games like Diablo or other games, there's demons, they wear armor? It's a really good question because they don't want to get shot. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. It's a demon. It's a demon. It's, it's an demon. it's an otherworldly being. Yeah, physics I mean, don't even shot. really apply to it. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to get shot, but they're not wearing like bulletproof vests. They're wearing like you know medieval style armor with like ridiculous shoulder pads. It's true. Giant, ridiculous shoulder See, pads that so make it hard. I to buy demons left wearing right. armor more than I buy ghosts having clothes. Why would but why, why do demons wear armor? That doesn't make any sense. But why not? Like they could is what I'm saying. Like maybe demons are like you know they they feel shame. I don't know. Maybe they're like I gotta cover yeah, up. That's my their junk. thing. Yeah, that's and... that's it. That's it right there. <laughs> I'm just we saying. Find, we we don't want you humans seeing our demon junk or lack thereof. <laughs> or, maybe yeah, or maybe it. it's maybe it's something strange down there. We don't know. But like maybe it's maybe it's just Steven Seagal's I feel like face. I <laughs> know that that's too really, terrifying for anybody. Really awful, awful as crotch more of a, like, I've been working as a crotch for like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> two thousand, two thousand years. <laughs> no, I just uh, like when you when you get when it comes right down to it. Why do these like why is it that ethereal things? It's because that's the way that we portray them. That's the way that that Hollywood portrays them. It has absolutely nothing to do with how they would actually look yeah but like even even in the people who claim you know that they're real right oh look at this picture blah, 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 yeah like but those those people are li- those people are liars wait well, do they obviously. do they sing the nickelback song first <laughs> look Which at this one? photograph <laughs> <It> is. <laughs> i see no, a ghost they're... in the back i've done it that... i don't know i was gonna try to tie those together i would have it no. worked it would have worked it would have worked i, I, I would have i actually didn't recognize the song at all and i, I probably would have bought it i've been like nickelback wrote a song about about ghost, ghost hunting. hunting yeah <laughs> they've really fallen off weird <laughs> they're on tlc did, i did not now. see that co- yeah i did not see that one i'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there did not see that coming so yeah if you guys kept going with it steve i wouldn't believe you <laughs> <laughs> i had to make a whole parody on the spot right yeah you just had to do it on the spot I'd be like, the, be, like wayne, be like wayne brady man make parodies and finish improv on the, the song spot. finish the fucking song steve <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this so, is good. So we had we had Steve Steve psyop, and then yeah, then, already then, happened. Then we had Tiki's counter psyop. Yep. And then <laughs> I introduced the Nickelback psyop. Okay, good. psyop. Good. Yep. So we have we have managed to screw this whole thing up pretty yeah. well already. No, I, I don't I don't know why ghosts are. I think they're portrayed like that because that's the way that people want to see them or expect it. They just but yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a good reason. I don't have a good reason why they would be. I'm like like with... I said, why are you wearing a bowler hat and carrying an umbrella? You're a ghost. Yeah. Like like it, neither one of those on things. Yeah, neither one of those things are going to help. Is it too sunny where you're at? Yeah. Were you so attached to those in life? I like have your a parasol. bowler hat then, with your whole and then, identity. And then, yes. and then that's the thing, though. Like like yeah. like what what is it? What is the piece of clothing you're really attached to? Because yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, if it's me. You're gonna see me in like a pair of like, like not a bit of workout shorts and a Boba Fett T-shirt, and like if, that's it. And a leather jacket <laughs> like, with tassels. You were attached. And a leather to, like, jacket like favorite, with tassels. Your favorite just, thing was a jacket like, and like yeah, shorts. But that's just it. Yeah, like what? What is like? Like yeah, that's the other thing too. Like what if it was like seasonal? You're like <laughs> yeah, but in the, 
like in the summer, I like to wear these these shorts, but in the winter, I wear this jacket. And you're like, well, now you wear both. And you're like, son of a bitch, you look like an idiot. <laughs> I, if I come back, I'm wearing just a just a wool condom. That's it. Just a wool condom. Yeah, it's that's kind of that's, that's crazy. Gonna you're gonna have the condom, which is my whole. Yeah. No, well, I'll make it out of merino. Thesis. You know, it'll just be merino. You know. <laughs> It'll, yeah, it'll, but, but, it'll really but yeah. tie it'll tie my whole crotch together. You know the worst. You know the dumbest part about all this is like I think about it and I'm like I'll be like that 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 ghost that shows up and everybody will know where where I'm at at all times because I wear flip flops. Fuck, he's hiding the walls again. Steps, they they can't find me. <laughs> At least this time he's wearing clothes. I just like <laughs> like Judeo Christian uh, censorship is what what pushes. Uh, clothing onto ghosts. Uh, I, that's and I feel like that's an afterlife oppression. That uh, ghosts I don't know that it's Judeo Christian because, like, I feel like other depictions of ghosts are all fucking wearing clothes. I will, I will, I will argue this point though. People will say that you that odds are somebody's going to argue this. What you're buried in, that's what you're. That's what you'll come so back. It's just whatever you have on when you're dead. That's like, right. It's that's... not. No, no, no. Not what you had on when you died. What you're, when buried, you're buried in. That's why Jane John Wayne Gacy. No, John Wayne Gacy is easy to pick out in a crowd because he's wearing a clown suit. Yeah, yeah. Him and Ronald what if McDonald. You're cremated? Hmm? Dude, that's, I don't you're know wearing what. an urn. You're wearing yeah. an urn. It's just it's just it's just your head Fashionable. popping out of an urn they, with yeah. like the arms and legs. It's like the Futurama jar, yeah. Uh, yeah. head and jar. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's God, pretty that's much funny. What you yeah, that's pretty much what you wind up with, I think. That's pretty so good. anyway, uh, so that explains uh, Scientology. I'm really happy we got to talk about all of this. Yeah, that, that's that's some. Uh, I I know Tom Cruise right now is listening to that podcast. Well, you know what? Yeah. Yes, that is yeah. what our relationship that, with uh, that the other life is. Yep, ghosts and volcanoes. <clears throat> also wearing clothes, bowlers and uh, bowler and, hats uh, and and umbrellas. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. So um. I have nothing to report as far as uh, cravings this week. Um, any undue cravings? Uh, it was a it was a pretty uneventful week as far as that sort of thing was concerned. I had a lot of um, I've just had so many cautionary tales thrown at me lately that every single time a thought would arise, it would immediately be turned back by. No, this person just had a, you know, drug-induced psychotic break. This person that I'm reading, I'm reading about, you know, this doctor who treats people with severe, severe addiction problems. This person just had, you know, issues. Like, it it, it makes it really easy to have kind of perspective on all that kind of thing. Um, when when those are the, the images of addiction that are constantly played out in your head. Um, so I, I don't have anything, I don't have anything to share as far as cravings or temptations or anything like that this week. Tiki, you got anything? Uh, no, I've been, like I said, I've been kind of down, but I've been basically pushing myself to be okay with being boring. Like just being okay with not a lot going on, yeah. not a lot of activity. And that seems to be working for me right now. Well, it's been working for me for a long time. But it was, it, it's been working for me this week. I haven't had any real temptations or cravings That's good. Um, to really speak of. So, yeah. Okay. I mean. Cool. Cool. Yeah, lots of other problems. But, uh, sure, but sure. The drink, drinking isn't one of them right now. That's kind of nice. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Thank God that's off the laundry list for this week. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Steve, you got anything to share? Uh, no. Okay. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cheers. So uh, this week, I want to talk about there. I, no shit there I was 17 years old at an AmpGuard event. And this was kind of back in the days when AmpGuard events were um, a little less day carry for those under 21, where everybody was drinking. Everybody. Adults, the underage, everybody. It was all over the place. And I remember that all of the depictions of masculinity that I was hanging around at the time, you know, this is all dudes in their like mid to late 20s. And uh, because I had very little in the way of sort of older brother or, you know, um, loving guiding father style masculinity in my life, this group of friends that I was, you know, basically kind of pseudo adopted by became those sort of masculine figures. And not all of them were healthy figures in and of themselves. And the way that they engaged with alcohol directly informed how I began to engage with alcohol in in context. Now, I'm still, you know, I'm 17, 18 years old. I'm not able to go out and buy it myself. So it's not like I've got access to it through anything except for um, through this group of friends. But I think that there were a lot of seeds of how I engaged with alcohol, how I how I began to treat um, alcohol as a uh, you know not only not only a, a way to separate myself from uh, from my feelings or separate myself from from having to take accountability for my feelings, but also um, engaging in a type of bravado and machismo that was definitely definitely and I don't like using the term toxic because I think it gets overused and I think that it's used as a tactic by people to shut down arguments but in this instance I feel that it's an actually appropriate way to say this was the type of toxic masculinity watching people that I looked up to treat alcohol like it was a dare, like it was a test of manhood. And if you didn't measure up, you were a bitch. And how incredibly damaging that was to to, to my younger psyche and how I would carry that lesson forward into the future. And then when it came time for me to take a critical eye at my use of alcohol to not be able to see that use through any, you know, solidly critical lens. It was always a, no, I can handle it. I'm a man. I'm a man. I can handle it. Tiki, what are your thoughts on toxic bravado and masculinity and drinking culture, especially here in the United States? What do you think, bud? I <clears throat> I think that I spent my 20s doing exactly that. 
but I was probably more the example of it rather than being a, a victim of it. Um, See, I would actually disagree. I think that you saw, uh, at one point in time in your life, you probably saw that and just perpetuated the cycle, right? Yeah, but I perpetuated it, like, big time. Like, yeah, throughout my 20s, all throughout my 20s, every time I was out drinking, if I was drinking with other friends, it was always pushing that boundary, always pushing them to drink more, myself to drink more. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was in college, my roommate uh, built that kegerator, um, which is a hilarious story in and of itself. But we had a kegerator in our house, and people would come on over all the time. My friends would come on over all the time. We'd hang out, drink, and I, yeah, I'd kind of, I'd, I'd, I'd really would. I'd push that as a, uh, as an, as a, uh, not. <clears throat> it was like a, it was like it was like party games. It was fun, and but it was a lot of. It was a lot of that. Now, I do recall very specifically that certain times we'd hang out and play drinking games. There were certain games that we would play that I would have. I would actually place limits on what we could and couldn't do mm-hmm. um, in order to keep people from getting too drunk. Um, but that was, you know, that, 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 that was a part of like me being, having some foresight. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I think that when I was younger, I saw it. I definitely was around it. Um, one of my first drinking kind of experiences, really big ones, was with some uh, friends from high school from and, and some of their friends. And uh, after that, it was just always hanging out with Russ and drinking with him. Yeah. And you know, it's just it's just the way it was. It was just. I don't, I don't know that I really consider it like toxic masculinity, I guess. Maybe I did kind of push other people to do things, but yeah. Well, we're, so I guess the, 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 the framing for that, because I really don't like the, the words toxic masculinity, but anytime I feel like peer pressure is used to enable bad behavior and the method in which it is enacted is by challenging preconceived notions of specific gender strengths then yeah i definitely i I was definitely engaging in that yeah yeah Uh, and and i'm 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 saying that i think it's a cycle i think that we i think that we see it i think that somebody i think somebody before us sees it and then they continue in the cycle and then we see it and then we continue the cycle and then eventually like somebody's got to break the chain before it goes from well this happened to me so it must be okay that it happens to the people that look up to me could be and yeah that, i mean that chain's got to be broken at that point right i mean it's, it's yeah it's um definitely and i think that's kind of maybe that's where we're at now right yeah is, is yeah, now it's time to to not do that anymore um and also recognize it and to like maybe even call it out for what it is or have like that cautionary tale of yeah i used to do dumb stuff too and yeah you know I don't like the idea of being like that example. They're like, well, look what happened to me. So like, I know plenty of people who go, well, your life isn't that bad. And I'm like, yeah. There are things that I had more <laughs> that, that I could have done different. differently that I wish I'd kind of done things differently. things I would have done a lot differently. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's um, okay. but But I agree. Yeah. It's, it's breaking that chain is, it's very important. So you, you've seen the movie Highlander, right? We've all seen the movie Highlander, right? 
Right. Yes. Okay. So there's a character named uh, Castigear. He was Connor McLeod's immortal friend. Yep. And there's a scene on the bridge. And they're talking about an alcohol that's in Castigear's flask. And Castigear offers it to Connor McLeod, and Connor goes, No thanks, I'm okay. And Castigear says, Oh, it's a little boom boom. Surely a big strong man like you isn't afraid of a little boom boom. Now, I can look at that and say that that's just two friends bantering. But I feel like there's there's steps that go beyond that. Like I remember having boom boom parties when I was uh, Fireball's um, roommate, where boom boom was made and boom boom was roses lime juice like a couple of splashes of it into a pint of vodka and then you drank the pint of vodka like that's not a good idea who thought that was a fucking good idea no we did back then obviously we did back then. Uh, it wasn't our friends yeah yeah but you know <clears throat> it's, it's one of those things where like there there's there's a place where i feel like ribbing is okay like that kind of like playful banter and then like a sip of scotch is fine but there go there's a place where like hazing happens in frat yeah. clubs or in frat frat clubs do i just uh, fucking say it? You call it tell me you didn't go to college but without telling me you didn't go to college fraternities there we go Fraternal houses. My Hello, bad. fellow frat Hello. people. Where is the frat club? Where is the frat club? I'd like to go to that club, please. Definitely not a narc. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, yeah, no, I gaffed that one. Good job, Williams. Um, but yeah, there, there's that. There's And even as I'm saying all of this, there's a part of me that weeps a little bit for the death of... The way that we felt in those moments, the the like the moments of camaraderie, like when a young kid that you know looked up to that group of older dudes, like followed through, and then like you know took their punishment, that their quote punishment the next day of being hung over. But there was a sense of camaraderie that came along with that, yeah. and the death of that is it saddens me a little bit and and i you know i i have i have oh my goodness a lot of mixed feelings about the the whole thing you know you're gonna next thing you know you're gonna you're gonna tell us that you had good times when you drank i had amazing times when i drank i just had more times that were damaging to my relationships and to my health but but what i'm getting at is 100 percent, man it's it's not it's not black and white no plenty of plenty of middle ground plenty of points in time in my life where I look back on drinking and a lot of the stuff that I, that I said and did and the people I was with and the camaraderie that I felt yep, and how close I still am to a lot of those same people, even though I don't drink anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, some of it was some of it toxic. Probably. I mean, some of it was probably like pretty much hazing. Yeah. I could, I could see that. I could see that I was probably doing it too, but a lot of it was, was, was acceptance into a group or being part of a culture and well, I don't, I don't, I don't regret any of that. But I do see where that line. I could definitely see where that line could be crossed. Where you go from that, that camaraderie, that fun, that that adoption or whatever you want to call it, into that next very negative phase of it, where things yeah. are pushed beyond just that. <clears throat> where things are, you know, you have somebody who's 
and I've seen this as quote unquote hazing. See somebody who's just clearly way too drunk, and yeah. there's somebody still telling them to continue to drink, and it's like, yeah. this person's gonna, this person's got alcohol poisoning, or they will. Yeah. Why are you? Why are you still pushing this? Because it's fucking fun, man. Don't yeah, be a yeah. You want to be, be tough. You gotta, guys, gotta top it up. Blah blah. Yeah, yeah just it, it, yeah. That 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 kind of stuff is bad. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a interesting topic. I think it's a bit more complex that we can get into tonight, though. Ah, uh, in a in a fifteen to twenty to thirty minute segment, yeah, I, I think we could literally yeah. dedicate an entire, you know. We'd yeah, probably dedicate like a season to it or something. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Steve, what are your thoughts, man? Well, I mean, you guys just gave both examples of of how how it happens with you know within your 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 little groups, right? Kind of almost the the, the peer pressure aspect of it is what you kind of said. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I've seen it in uh, relationshipy kind of ways too uh there was this this girl i knew a long time ago who she didn't view uh how do, you weren't you weren't really a man unless you drank right like so she wouldn't she, that, so that was like her thing like she wouldn't you know she wouldn't give you a thought if you if you weren't that kind of guy huh. so i think it gets perpetuated in lots of different ways um that that you know even though it's it was a woman doing it it's still that like you know that quote unquote toxic masculinity it's right this is what it means to be a man yeah and if you're not a man then i'm not interested in you so i saw some people fall into that trap right yeah um so yeah i think it it is kind of like you said it's it both you guys said it's it's a very very topic like (laughs) more than 20 minutes oh yeah definitely Uh, i I just so you know i got the tv on in the background when we talk and i I've been flipping the channel here and there, and and uh, there's there's different characters drinking constantly, and and we're you know we're constantly bombarded with that. Yeah. So. Yep. I know we've touched on that you know in media a lot, but I think I think that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. Think about that old uh, most interesting man in the world commercial, right? Like, yeah. To be to be a, a an interesting man, you got to drink. You have well. Yeah, uh, like, and I remember the one of the greatest compliments that I ever got was somebody saying that I reminded them of that guy, which was that's what you want. That's that's, that's what they're selling. That's you. what that's what I wanted to be. I yeah, wanted to be the most interesting exactly. guy in the room. I still want to be the most interesting guy in the room. I think anybody with a, you know a, kind of a verbose personality kind of wants that. So, you know. I can't think of many more instances where my ego was so incredibly stroked as that, especially since this was back when I was, you know, uh, obese, still drinking, had a terrible, you know, uh, image of myself, uh, was depressed, like, I, and it just, it just reinforced, you know, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I'm going to drink a whole fuck ton of it apparently <laughs> so yeah 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 oh i have you know i i had kind of a the angel and a demon sort of uh moment examples uh when i was when i was in that phase um 
Tiki, you said that you just reached out to one of them. So, you know, Jim, who is just fantastic people, Kuno Baby, um, uh, he was always the angel. He was always, you know, trying to guide me towards my better nature. And then Tiki used to work with the other one. Uh, mm-hmm. And we won't talk about his name, but you know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't think of too many more diametrically opposed examples. And of course, the one that I always went with was the more fun one, the more charismatic one, which was always the one that, you know, never dealt with emotions in a healthy way, you know, continuously drank to excess, always challenged very, manhood. Very toxic masculinity. Very toxic fucking masculinity, dude. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, Yeah. It's a dark place to come from. You got to break that chain, though. You got to you got to get out of the mindset that that somebody that doesn't do things the way that you want them to or think that they should because it makes them less of a man or you know less of an anything, uh, and taking that to an extreme where they're you know potentially uncomfortable or they're outside of what most people would consider the boundaries of of, of healthy engagement in anything like you can drink beer you can drink scotch you can get hell you can get drunk that's fine but for some of us that's that that's a path that leads to you know fucking ruin absolute ruin and anybody that that is gonna throw out that peer pressure like that you're just you're just feeding fire man and it's that's that's that ain't healthy baby that ain't healthy so um you steve anything else to share no ticky anything else to share no okay cool moving on then that was a little heavy lifting that was a little bit of heavy lifting but um Mm -hmm. yeah moving on um tiki you're not playing hunt right now as much because you have not as much a new game yeah cinco was kind enough to get me a game for my birthday uh called origami 2 it is the sequel to the first one to origami it feels a lot like, uh, if anyone's familiar with the older game, Tenku Z, Stealth Assassins, it's a ninja, like, sneaking game. Fuck, that goes, you could, that goes back a ways, man. It does, man, but it's cool. It's it's a very fun game. It also has multiplayer built into it. You can do up to three people multiplayer in Origami 2. And um, the graphics aren't amazing. Um, they're, they are what they are. They're pretty cool as they stand. Um there uh there are some game mechanics that aren't worked out that i don't like some glitchy things here and there but other than that it plays pretty smooth um and then there's your character you do get to continue to build your character so you get like abilities and you get to like basically like enhance those abilities as you go different things i'm not even like halfway through the ability tree at this point and there's i'm guessing still a lot of game left to play um but it's, it's, it is, it's a very, it's, it's, it's fun. It's addictive. It's nice to not be in that, um, that hunt <laughs> stressful mindset that like, you know, you're like, everything's coming up basis for me. And then like all of a sudden, pow, you're like, well, that was the top of my head blown off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I didn't even see the guy who did it. I have no idea who, how that even happened. Um, it's like the natural game state for hunt is one of stress yep. and then either, the uh completion and uh shitty feelings around that stress being realized 
or the momentary relief of having actually won a game and then going right back into that stress yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty nice to be able to like, you pace yourself and play the game at the rate that you want. Uh, Cinco bought it. So he and I hopped in and played together, which was um, kind of a neat experience. Um, at one point in time, I was just watching, like I was like hiding up on like, this roof, watching him like murder a whole bunch of guards. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, I thought those we guards a little have bit families, quieter. man. Jesus. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know anything about them. Um, the other thing they Death did, the, the developers <laughs> did do with this game. Yeah, like on the Death Star. <laughs> fucking Death Star. Right? Um, the, the they did do with the game though is they're like they're like here's how you do combat, and I'm like okay, combat's not that difficult, but the moment you get into combat with pretty much anyone, it draws in so many more guards. And things just go downhill so fast. It's like three hits from any guard and you're dead. Um, some of them throw fireballs at you. They have magic and shit. And yeah, it's just it's just really frustrating where it's like, you know, like you only have so much stamina so I can block like three shots and then everybody beats me down. <laughs> All the guards like just carve me up. So there's there's a there's a definitely a, a mechanic in the game or mechanism in the game that drives you towards being stealthy. <laughs> it's like yeah you really don't want to get involved in too many combat situations oh sure yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's it is it's fun the, the the graphics like i said the graphics aren't anything to write home about um well, they're, they're kind of a cell shaded sort of yep. look right yeah yeah yep. yeah they're it's it's not yeah like i said it's not cutting nothing i don't believe anything about the game is really super cutting edge but i i'm i think i'm like 20 hours into it i don't even know why like i'm just really really invested in this game i mean that's but great it's, somewhere it's a way to it's a way to burn like you know 45 minutes just doing one mission if you're going to be like super sneaky about it well so i is it is it a meaningful pursuit are you do you look forward to playing through the entirety of the game or is it just something to do that isn't hunt um it's kind of a i guess i kind of look forward to the game i like the idea of improving my character mm -hmm. um and getting new gear things like that um but ultimately it's really just a nice distraction. Gotcha. It's gotcha. I can go back and play the previous missions. I can keep moving forward in the storyline. I just I just did a story where they were like, "Well, you can't kill anyone," and I'm like, "Well, this is gonna take all night." <laughs> 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 so it's it, it it can be very fun in that sense. But yeah, to me, it's a bit of a nice. It's a, a very welcome distraction. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's cool. So honestly, when you were talking about the the gameplay loop, it sounded a lot like Sticks Master of Shadows, which was a game that I really enjoyed, um, where you play kind of a foul mouthed, gross, goblin thief kind of a character. That same thing. You, combat is is brutally difficult and uh, definitely not rewarded. Like you were rewarded for methodically moving through the levels, getting all of the achievables uh being stealthy you know mm -hmm. you still have opportunities for for you know doing murders on people but but yeah yeah it's uh yeah yeah well it's yeah to it's, 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 it's that point it's a it's a lot like that it's fun though it's yeah. it, it is a very it's a very welcome distraction it's and a good genre i want to get more more into the multiplayer with uh, some other friends mm -hmm. and uh see how that goes it's the, the most frustrating thing about it right now is there's no way to tag any bad guys so oh, I'm so talking. Mark them. So I can't mark them. So I'm trying to like gotcha. tell Cinco, and I'm like, go over there and take out that guard. And he's like, which one? And I'm like, yeah, that's a fair point. There are like five of them on that. You case. don't name you them. See? I would name them. Gerald. I... <laughs> take out Gerald. <laughs> which one's fucking Gerald? <laughs> you, you, clearly, you don't care 
enough if you don't even remember their names. It's like, don't you have dossiers on all these guys? I got dossiers on like all these dudes, wrote, man. Dude, read the dossier. You didn't do any of your homework. To which you shout, you read it. <laughs> yeah, so. No, it's, it's, it's good. It's like I said, it's a, it's a good distraction from, uh, from Hunt and the stressors of Hunt. Nice. Nice. Steve, you've been, uh, you've been diving back into magic. Uh, some well, new yeah, sets. So is that, is that what I'm hearing? So, they, like, they had the f- their recent expansion just came out, what, a couple weeks ago. Is this now, the 40 K one or the Dominaria unlimited one? This is the Dominaria one. Okay. Um, and this is the first set I've actually been excited for in quite some time. You didn't um, like, from, uh, you didn't like medieval gangsters. I well, <laughs> I wouldn't mind medieval gangsters. Sorry, not These medieval. Were just like nineteen twenties Magic Chicago gangsters. Yeah. By the way, that weird. sounds like it would be a lot of fun for a not Magic the Gathering uh, like role playing game, like like Al Capone, but he's a wizard. That'd be kind of cool. I, 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 that's I uh, that's the, that. the that's the world of Cast a Deadly Spell starring Fred Ward. All right. I did not know. Wow. <laughs> Fred Ward on it's a Talking it's a really Fred fun Ward. movie. Fred Ward plays a, a detective named Howard Phillips Lovecraft, who's oh, in L.A. God. And uh, yeah, it's really on the nose. Yeah, but there's yeah. there's one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when the one guy is like walking by his car, <laughs> and it's got uh, all these little like monsters in it. These little like furballs look like giant gerbils or something like that, or giant hamsters. And the guy is like complaining of a storm about the war, and he's like, "No, oh, you think we ever brought back from the." From, the, from Europe, other than the clap, was these damn gremlins, and they get into everything, and they, the, the gremlins are in the car, like, taking things apart. <laughs> like I was like, that's so clever. That's so well done. But it's a good movie. It's a very... It's one of my favorites. It's a nice cult classic. Burt Ward, Cast a Deadly Spell. Yeah. Don't know that I'm aware of that movie. You Didn't should watch that. It's an actual... Mind. It is an actual good movie. So <laughs> there. <laughs> I have bestowed something upon you. I don't know that I can trust you. you. I don't know if I can trust you at all. Like... <laughs> I've I've recommended good movies. Taste might have, be skewed. Yeah, they are it might good. At this stage, be completely. Skewed. No, no, no. no. I, I watched Cast of the Spell a long time ago. Russ would recommend it too. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Cheers, <laughs> cheers. But yeah, uh, it's Russ the first set recommend. that uh, that I'm excited for, and you know, like I said, several different sets. Yeah, it beats weird anime ninja set, uh, 1920s gangster set, Harry Potter set, Harry Potter set. Uh, what else? What else did we do? In there the was the fairy tale set that I didn't like. I I didn't mind the fairy tale because that's adjacent enough. It's just like it, I, I, the original Kamigawa, you know, the Neon Ninja set. Uh, when when that first came out, when it was just regular ninjas and, and yeah, samurai just stuff, like like that was really cool. I enjoyed that. I don't like that we had to put Mecha in it. Um, <laughs> I mean, actually, what what's and now now they're coming out with a a, a Warhammer set. Warhammer forty k set. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's some people out there who are super excited for it. Um, the thing that frustrates me is aesthetically, I don't like it from a, a technical ass point. Or ass, ass point. <laughs> from an ass point. From a technical ass point. Sometimes I like to ass point at things. <laughs> uh, I Look really enjoy <laughs> the like the cards, the mechanics on them. Yeah. Um. Some of the, some of the the legendary creatures from this the Warhammer set sound freaking awesome from the, yeah. from the previews I've gotten, but I just I don't I don't want it I don't want it in my magic I don't uh, want yeah. it with my elves. Yeah. I I I thought to myself that I was going to buy this, but with my kind of exodus from actually wanting to play magic at all, um, I I just don't see myself spending any more money on on cards like that uh yeah. especially not if if they're gonna not be a part of the 
you know, sort of overarching story and the aesthetic that, that like, yeah, because I like the aesthetic. It's 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 a it's a high fantasy aesthetic. It's fun. It's it's like when I actually I actually fantasy. just bought um <laughs> I just bought a book for so one of the things that I like to do I like to paint miniatures right uh I like having art to draw up. Uh, upon for inspiration i actually just bought the war of the spark uh art book it was really pretty inexpensive on amazon so i have this gigantic you know 250 page book of just just the art on the cards and one of the things that i think is really cool about magic is the art is beautiful it's really really well done for the most part Mm. even the even the stuff even the sets that i don't like like if i were to pick out uh, Warhammer 40k imagery that that I wanted to look at it's probably on those cards a lot of it is <laughs> from what I've seen I've really enjoyed it but yeah so yeah I, I get it man uh, I so tell me about Dominaria uh, the, the new Dominaria set well it's it's just they're finally going back to a setting um, they call them planes different planes in, in that game um they're finally going back to a setting that was, for a very, very long time, the the main setting of uh, of Magic the Gathering. It, uh, one of the, their longest-running stories always took place on Dominaria. Uh, so it's really kind of cool to go, be going back there. Like I said, the characters... Well, well, those characters from, from those original sets are long dead. They You know, there's lo- legacy versions of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's like I said, it's just it's an aesthetic I like. It's back to the you know regular wizards and and stuff like that. And um, they brought back the old big bad. Uh, if the Phyrexians, which are kind of for the Star Wars ner- Star Wars for the Star Trek nerds, are kind of like the Borg. Um, they're just a bunch of they're machines, cyborgy things that try to kill everything and make everything them. Uh yeah, so like I said, I'm just excited to be getting back to this. Uh, though, it's, as far as the story goes in the lore coming up, I think they're going to be uh, mucking with, with the timeline and stuff no! like that, and that kind of annoys me. <laughs> Stop mucking with timelines! Stop doing it's it. It's lazy! It is, it, it is lazy! <laughs> Move forward, you donkeys! Yeah, it's it's completely lazy. Anytime they're they're like, oh, we're gonna go back into the past, man. No, don't do that. Don't yeah. do, don't do and that. That sounds right? like where where we're headed, and and to the point where I think they're doing it so they can bring back characters that they've killed off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here we are. I'm still playing the game. I <laughs> uh, do you think that you suffer a little bit from sunken cost fallacy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yes, a lot. So, like, you know, and I kind of touched on it briefly there, right? So part of my problem, part of my investment in this is is the stupid lore, is the story. I, I enjoy that part of the game. Um, And I've read this far. I got to keep going. Yeah, got to keep going, buddy. Um, you I put time, effort, energy, and money into this. Exactly. Got to keep uh, going. Can't stop now. So, yeah, part of it, part of it is that part of it is, is just habit it's what i do <laughs> sure um but i don't me wrong like at, at its core i enjoy the game right like i enjoy playing it uh 
I don't have as much time as I used to to, to mm-hmm. actually play the game. But... Yeah, it's weird how families do that to you. Yeah, I mean, they're time sink. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, there's your sunken cost fallacy. But, uh, yeah. Take my money. Take my money. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of like that. Um, I've recently, I so I bought, uh, I bought a two-player starter pack for a game called Infinity by a company called Corvus Belly about, I uh, say like two and a half, three years ago. So it's been a while. I think I, I think it was a drunk purchase. It was so long ago. Um, yeah, I think that's right. Maybe three and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just now putting them together. I, I actually, I didn't know anything about like the lore or the world or even the game systems. I just thought that the miniatures look cool because they have a very, um, they're, they're, a, they're an anime inspired aesthetic. So a lot of high tech, a lot of mecha, a lot of, you know, the helmets with like the four ocular uh, ports, that kind of thing. A lot of antenna, wacky looking sci-fi guns, wacky looking sci-fi creatures and characters. And uh, I I got onto a Discord server for it just recently and learned that there's a guy that lived in Seattle who just moved here with his family – three months ago who plays that game and is really, really interested in like getting out, meeting people. And we've been talking on discord for a little while and it's been great. So I put together a bunch of those models and now I'm looking into uh, the world and the lore and I I'm finding myself more and more fascinated with it because uh, it's like cyberpunk meets star Trek and I'm a hundred percent on board with it. It's this kind of weird post scarcity, uh, universe where the technology has advanced to such a high degree that like people's personal like basic needs have been met but there's still these interfactional uh struggles and there's planetary conquest stuff and there's uh aliens from outside of the human sphere of influence that uh, are hostile and like i it and it all comes off of this base assumption that starts from where we are at currently uh like sociopolitically and then tries to move forward through that so like um it 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 asks a lot of you know what if kind of questions in a in a sci-fi setting kind of way and they're all sort of well what happens when the energy crisis finally uh, you know, gets to a tipping point. What happens to the Middle East? Um, and what happens to uh, the United States and Russia moving forward? Uh, like if they have a gigantic financial problem, what happens to those two sort of empires? What happens with China? What happens with the South, uh, uh, the South Pacific? Um, it's it's pretty freaking fascinating. There's a lot of a lot of really kind of cool. Uh, cool part cool cool moving parts to the lore that i'm that i'm getting into and i'm digging and and because of cyberpunk the edge runner show on netflix having watched that and then reloading uh cyberpunk 2077 on my computer i'm feeling really into this like high tech uh cyberpunky kind of kind of space in terms of uh of where my gaming focus is is kind of at right now so um 
The models are beautiful. I've already painted one of them up and uh, I did him all in oils and he looks fantastic so far. I'm really happy with him. I've got the other models in the set that I'm going to get uh, finished building and, and getting painted and then look forward to getting out and, um, and trying to, to, to get a, a new game system under my belt and um, um, uh, maybe a new friend living right here in Erie that just moved here three months ago and seems like he's a pretty cool guy. So, yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah. Steve, you got anything else that uh, you'd like to share for gaming tonight? Nope. I don't think so. Right. Tiki, you got anything else you'd like to share for gaming tonight? Nope. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, like every episode of the Save vs. Poison podcast, we'd like to shout out to the mutual support groups we hope you turn to in your times of need. Alcoholics Anonymous, AA.org, 212-870-3400. Moderation Management, moderation.org, 212-871-0974. Secular AA, SOS, sobriety.org, 323-693-1633. Smart Recovery, smartrecovery.org, 440-951-5357. Women for Sobriety, womenforsobriety.org, 215-536-8026. And for those family and friends of addicts that need a little help in a group-type environment, there's Al-Anon Family Groups. They can be reached at www.al-anon.alateen.org or 1-888-425-2666. From all of us here at the Save vs. Poison podcast, I'm Will. I'm Tiki. I'm Steve. And we wish you warm, creamy regards. Come find us on Twitch. Come find us on Twitter. Come find us on Facebook. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell us how good or bad we're doing so that we can have content for the Corrections Show, which we'd like to do sometime soon. Good night, everybody. Gonna haunt you naked. <laughs> Always with the naked haunting. That's, that's the reason. Stand. Naked with a bowler hat. <laughs> just, dude, well, where, it, well, that depends on where you wear the bowler hat. Then, just flinging it? that thing around, ectoplasm going everywhere. No, man. It's like uh, if I was a ghost, I'd, that'd be like the hat stand, like right in the crotch. Yeah. Just yeah, like hat that... just hangs there, just like walking around with like my hands way out. Ooh. Could we ring toss with your ghost penis? Yeah, that'd be the idea behind it. That'd be the idea. Nice, nice. Although, why is a ghost would I have a penis? Why wouldn't you? Fuck, that's a good sign. Good night. You've just listened to another episode of the Save vs. Poison podcast. If you liked what you heard, please follow us, like, and subscribe on Twitter at VS underscore save, on Facebook at the Save vs. Poison podcast, and streaming live on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash SVP podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay safe, everyone.